Bueller. Bueller. Tip. Cap to tip of the tip. Be cap. Just. Just. Cat. Cat's, cat's, cat's tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. Gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, February 8th, 2022. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Cow. Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. It is a mighty fine day to beat the South Carolina Gamecocks. It is a game day edition of mm-hmm. KRC. Nick Rouse, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Uh, ready for uh, a game? Get back on the road. Five out of the last seven have been road games, so... Keep up that road kill, cats. Ah, the road cats. Back at it in Columbia. I think Kentucky one of, road cats. One of the more underrated towns in the SEC. We'll talk about that game. We will break it down for you, and we'll have a good time doing it. Justin Kalen's our producer. Justin, how are you? I am good. I would be a lot better if Indiana had the 7 o'clock tip-off time tonight than Kentucky has. But alas, we've got to wait till 9, so <sighs> I'll be I'll be tired tomorrow. That's a tough break, buddy. No, nothing like having a day today where you're already thinking about a nap tomorrow. Mm. Those are those are rough. Oh, I had the rare fall asleep on the couch while watching TV moment last night. The rare? You're 30 now. That's going to become commonplace. My wife, every single night, like there's just, I just basically, I just kind of wait for her to fall asleep and then I can put whatever's on. Um, but no, even last night, a show that I like and I enjoy watching too and I just... Boom, 10 minutes in. What, what show? That uh, Murderville show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The amount of bad TV that gets played at the Roush House. You haven't watched it, have you? <laughs> no. Exactly. Not. It's a great show. What stations is it on? Netflix. Netflix show. Oh, it's a Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Will Arnett. He's funny. Funny guy. Is that the is that the ad-lib one with all the select yeah, Ken yeah. Jongs in it? And... I enjoyed uh, Marshawn's. Marshawn's was pretty funny. Okay. Um, they've got the oh, one, the one I felt with asleep. Will Arnett you were telling me yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a movie. It's no, a show? It's, yeah, it's oh, six okay. 30 minute episodes, so it's gotcha. pretty quick. Um, not, I, I like a good quick watch. Not quick enough to keep you awake, though. Oh, I was so tired. <laughs> uh, you know, trying to do the exercise thing, they just, your, your body's not used to when you've just been sitting on your fat ass for. Whoa, family you show. You know, uh, the holiday season, eating like garbage. Takes a little while for the body to adjust. Was a little worn out yesterday. Uh, took uh, Duke to his first uh, basketball game. We went and. Uh, Watch DeSales play male. He made it a half before he was like, I'm ready to go, Dad. Like, I was like, okay, it's fine. Well, we got, we got our half in, and we ran into Dugan. 
Wow. Yeah, what it was, was a big doing? X party. What was he doing there? Just, you know, watching watching some ball. Uh, I know uh, his sons go to Manual. They play Mail Friday. So he's doing some scouting. I, I think it was some advanced scouting. Um, but, no, it was it was a good time. Uh, Mail ended up cruising in the second half. But, uh, Mail, they got some players. They also, it's so weird to see. It's one thing in college where there's a lot of people where you'll have super seniors. People, you know, people last for a long time. But – the gap between an 18 or 19 year old and a 22 year old is not as great as the gap between a 19 year old and a 13 year old. Like male has an eighth grader that plays, and they also have a super senior, a fifth year guy. Huh. Fifth year guy was like dunking all over the place. They got a eighth grader who goes out there and shoots threes. So uh, yeah, is is the eighth grader thing is that pretty common in Kentucky? Because I I had never seen that in Indiana growing up. And then when I moved down to Florida, they played eighth graders. And now that I'm doing Kentucky games, they also do the eighth grade thing. I uh, I've never understood how it works exactly. Right. Like I, I don't know what allows, like why that's the case. The first person I think I remember doing that TJ was Audia Mathis, like because she won multiple state titles. She was all, multiple all state at Iroquois because mm-hmm. she played for six years or whatever. So you see it more in the girls' sports, Justin. Um, the boys not so often, but what's also weird too is sometimes they will play for one team as a middle schooler and then go to a different high school. I think hmm. Big Blue Drew's daughter right now is an eighth grader playing for Seneca. Yes, yeah. so I, he would answer the question better. But um, I think if you go to public schools, you can have as much high school KHSA a eligibility you want. Really, I think if you go to a private school, you only get four years of it. So if you Played in like public for eighth grade, then you only get three years if you go to private the next four years. Is the way I thought I understood it way back when. No, I haven't cared about this or looked into this for a long time, but that was my my understanding. So you could technically, and I remember this happening down in Florida at one point. You could be a seventh grader playing as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if you're good enough and can make the team, yeah, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, the eighth grader for male had thirty points last week in a game. <laughs> it's like imagine playing that kid and. You know, a middle school game because <laughs> he still plays in middle school too. Um, that kid's pretty good. I enjoyed that the DeSales students opened the game just by openly mocking Louisville for being bad to Caleb Glenn and also Sailor Brown, uh, Louisville football commit and Louisville basketball commit. Just like, why would you want to go there? They're terrible. You must be terrible too. Very, very funny stuff. And which leads me to my question about Caleb Glenn. I don't. I I don't watch as many high major D1 players as I used to because uh, Jack took over that beat. So I, I did about two or three years following recruits around on the circuit. He's good, but he was like top ten player when he was this size as a freshman. I don't I don't really get it now. I just I. I you think he's over overrated? I think his what makes him so good is that. He's so much bigger and more physical than the guys he's playing in Kentucky high school basketball. Now, he did hit some threes. Like, his jump shot is improving. But that's that's still not what makes him so dominant at this level. And I just wonder how that translates at the next level. I've I, heard people m- mention concerns about if he's... He's kind of tweener, yeah. you know? So, I, you know, I'm... I'm not here to bash the kid, but that's just one I'm putting a pin in. Like, uh, eh, I don't know. I don't know about it. Especially when they get a new coach in. Like, what's what's that guy going to think of his game? 
Well, did you see that they hired a coaching or a search firm to find their new coach? Oh, Chuck Smart. They're going <laughs> to pay this company, what is it, like global something, something or another, um, prestige worldwide. <laughs> no, uh, well, whoever it is, they're going to pay a million dollars or however much money for them to just say, can he pay? So here's the thing. How it's going to go down. Um, I could under, like under these circumstances where you're going to enter AD. I kind of get it. I never understood the point of search firms because that's the point of having an athletics director. But, Justin, I did learn that the reason why they do it is so you can get around tampering rules. Hmm. Well, in FOIA, freedom of information. You can't FOIA them for – You can't FOIA yeah, a, a search. A private company, yeah. yeah but you yeah. could do it for U L or UK. If L or UK – They took a long process. going through stuff, they could say, hey, athletic director, let's see those text messages. All let's those see emails. those emails. Yeah. But if you go through a search firm – they can't do you. They're untouchable. You can't say, "Hey, search for them. We want to go through your papers and your text messages and your emails." They'll say, "No, thank you." Uh, DHR Global will be assisting the U of L basketball search firm. They're the same search firm. I saw, I saw a tweet that they got Mel Tucker to Michigan State. They did another basketball coach that was halfway decent. Uh, but they were also supposedly the search firm that told DePaul hire Kenny Payne. Oh, so that—that's the part where if you're just going to get Kenny Payne, why are you spending a million bucks? Money that could be going to Chris Max Bio. There, I, I think they're doing all this because they don't want it to appear like they're just hiring Kenny Payne. Yeah, yeah. But why, well, who we, cares we, though? We interviewed so many candidates. We waited till the end of the year. We hired a search firm, and everything came up. Kenny Payne. See, that's all the search. I think that's what they're doing. That's all the search firm does is provides confirmation that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, it's air pl- quotes, right? Plausible thing. deniability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, just, if it doesn't work, well. if it doesn't work, well, how could it not have worked? We tried everything oh, this go around. Just like the Louisville fans blame Chuck Smart for their penalties. It's worked before. They were the, the 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 turn on Chuck Smurt was hysterical. He he's so smart. He is Mr. Inside NCAA. He knows exactly what to do. Genius idea hiring this guy. This guy is so smart. Forty eight hours later. He's an idiot. Doesn't even have a vowel in his name. <laughs> uh, well would we ever listen to this guy? Turns out he's not smart because he's missing an A. He's smart. <laughs> That's what he is. Oh, that was good stuff. Yeah, they they hired a search firm. We 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 can talk plenty of U of L. I'm sure that got we lots will. of good feedback on our tweets yesterday, TJ. Oh yeah, did you? Yeah, a lot of confused folks. <laughs> a lot of uh, some people thought it was very entertaining. Very uh, some people were just like, "We? What the hell you mean by we? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all been drinking this morning? Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that that was. I don't know if the Bring Church Home campaign. Was successful. To get any momentum. All these U of L fanboy media members are dogs looking for their belly rub. Somebody have a take. Like the, there are, there's a portion of people that don't Let want the process Jared. play out. It's, it's like, the, dude, just freaking say it. We, if if George wants to go through the interview process, then we just need to let him interview like anybody else, <laughs> and we'll go from there. If you don't want George back, say it. Have some stones. If you do want George back, go out there and say it. Every little radio show I listened to yesterday, it was, would I be happy if George is back? Yeah, uh, he did great things during the athletic program. But if they want to move on in a different direction, I think that's great too. Like, come on, have a take. 
Do you want this dude back or do you not want him back? So here's the thing. There's enough evidence in both directions to be able to have a strong take. You all are on radio. It's what you're supposed to do, you cowards. They are doing the uh, – the, the basically Tom Jurich is their Donald Trump. And they're, they're doing the Republican Tom Haverford. They're playing party. both sides they're to like, see who's going to win. Exactly. They're like, wait, do we continue to condemn this guy that we initially – like when he got out of here, we, we threw – Threw him completely under the bus, ran over him twice on the way out. But now that it might anger our base, do we do we just do whatever he says and hope he comes back? Yeah, they're, they're kind of the, the, some similarities there. They're definitely the there are people that are afraid to speak out against it in case he's back in charge, and then there are people that I think just see it as a no lose let's go ahead and and push them but the people that are pushing them aren't necessarily behind a microphone although i think there's a few that want to push it but don't want to if it's heard if it's they don't want to be the ones that yeah. were undermining the interim ad it's it, so it, fascinating it, it's also cowardice it's all just people and that's what happens when you have a an athletic program that plays favorites that will throw bones to people that say nice things to them uh, that will allow the coaches to come on the show so they can get bottles of bourbon but, and all that stuff. That's all that this is. It's just a bunch of posturing to make sure that they're not the they're part, not burning any bridges unnecessarily. The part that annoys me, TJ, is that, um, like, that's you don't you don't need that if you think you're good at your job. You don't need that. If you're good enough, you don't you don't need to have UK in your back pocket or U of L or, or whatever. That's just, it's just cowardice. You were operating under a certain set of circumstances under old turtleneck Tom. And you don't know any other way. You don't know how to fight the law. Or just say how you feel about the situation. That's yeah. what most people should, should do mm-hmm. in radios. Just come out and say, listen, George is, it, it could be one of two sides and it'd make for good radio. If they actually had the stones to make the take, but one, I'll put on my U of L fanboy hat here. We've never had a better athletic program than we did under Jersh. We'd be crazy not to bring him back. And if anything, over the years, we've learned that he was fired without cause. It was wrong. We're paying the buyout still. So if we did something that was wrong and we fired somebody that shouldn't have been fired, why wouldn't we just do the right thing, bring him back, and let bygones be bygones? We can work on figuring that stuff out as we go on. But he was so successful. Blah, 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 blah. All right, there's one. Okay. And then the flip side. We're in this mess because of Tom Jurich, and you heard everybody when he left talk about how big of a jerk he was. We don't need to rehash that. There is absolutely no scenario. You bring Tom Jurich back. We've moved on from that chapter of U of L Athletics. All the good things he did, uh, we have twice as many problems. And I don't. Maybe it's not a direct correlation from each other, but I'm just. We don't need to be hashing back to the darkest days of U of L athletics. We need to be moving forward, and if we're not confident enough that we can find an AD to come in here and do a job similar to what he did, then we're not the athletic program that we thought we were, anyways. There, one of two directions, one of those two things. You can go either way with them. Is Durich's? They're a lot better than. Oh, I just go through the process. I we'll see what happens. Be a bureaucrat. Gee, gee golly, is he still getting paid from his buyout? I was under the impression he was, but it could be over. I don't know. 100%. If he is, yeah, then no-brainer. Bring him back. Make that money go somewhere. Useful. They need a search. They need the search. They need a search committee for the AD. 
They need a search committee to find a search committee for the athletic director. Ooh, or and then a that athletic director to gets to start a search committee for the basketball coach. That's the way it needs to go. Search committee for a search committee. Oh, and you do need to get a search committee for the president, too, though, unfortunately. I know. Wait, what if you just got one to do them all? No. Too Con- much work? Con- conflict of interest, yeah. You, you need search committees to figure out if there's a conflict of interest with all this. Search committee you. <laughs> Roush, I did want to talk about our friend Shadon to start the show. We kind of got into some other stuff. That's okay. We can turn the conversation right now. Can I can I sadly say before we get started, I will entertain this, but like a lot of you some folks could spend like two hours discussing this, but it's kind of like, yeah. When he didn't play against Mississippi State, the writing was on the wall. And sadly, I just don't I don't foresee I don't believe what everybody's saying. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to be happy if he ends up playing next year, but I'm not expecting it. No. Yeah, I, I mean, nobody has been talked about so much that has played so little for UK. Even Hamadou. Yeah, way I mean, more than Diallo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Diallo had the day that day that he had his deadline to announce. He had one day that was all about Hami, but yes. like during the season, there wasn't a whole. Like, well, hell, we were even – didn't Diallo – he didn't even do anything until after the deadline passed, if I'm not mistaken. Like, midnight came and went, and we were like, so well, – I think he had already submitted it. It just hasn't – He ha- just hadn't ha- gone public about it. Yeah. And like we were, like, sitting around with our – twiddling our thumbs, like, all right, so what the hell is going on? That was a long, long day. Yeah, it, it's it's never really been anything Got engaged quite that like day. <laughs> the sharp – situation and the good news is this will really be it for sharp until the end of the season uh this will be most likely the last time that we'll talk about it or discuss it and that's all that's all fine i think the take for me is i am generally of the belief that colton and covington doesn't know more about uk basketball than the uk basketball administration I know that's a pretty hot take. Um, I like I don't Colton think he, and Covington, though, much better than basketball, Benny. I don't think he knows generally more about player situations or chemistry within the team. And Generally, everybody's entitled to a take. We do two, of, we do two hours of takes each and every day here on Big X Sports Radio. But I'm always – I generally default to people can have opinions, but more times than not, people inside the basketball program know better than you. A long about way to get to me saying, I think Kentucky was confused by all this. I don't think they knew exactly what was going on. I'm generally of the belief that, hey, they, they've got a plan. This isn't a surprise to them. They they Cal Perry's not gonna you know, he he's he's above he's above all this. He knows what's going on. I think they were surprised by all this. I don't think that they had any intention of playing. I don't think they had any intention of bringing him in early to start. I think it even goes back then. Yeah. And you may need to listen to people that have more recruiting connects and inside conversations like the Jack Pilgrims and the Travis Grafts of the world. But this is the way it reads to me, just following along long enough to, to have an idea, is I don't think they ever anticipated him enrolling early. And they approached UK saying, hey, we may do this. I think UK said, great, we'll bring you in. We'll work you out. We'll put you through practice. If you don't want to play, that's fine with us. We won't play you. 
And I, I think Kentucky kind of rolled with the plan after that. Then, I think he got to campus. I don't think the NBA stuff was – you had so many people come out and say, Kentucky knew all about this. You even had Kyle Perry say, this wasn't a surprise to us. I think the NBA stuff was a surprise. I don't think they thought that he was going to be eligible for the draft. Then he was, and the reason I think this is because that's – all this stuff almost went hand-to-hand when the narrative of if he was going to play this year started to change. You had Kyle Perry say, probably not, but maybe, you never know. You had Sharp say similar things, I'll be ready whenever. Yet some of the players start to kind of get giddy about it. And you even got to the point where Calipari was like, I need the players to tell me they want him to play. So I don't think this was all planned out. I think this stuff started to change as it went along. I think Kentucky, I don't know if you'd call it a panic or getting scared, but I think it probably was, wait, are we going to get to coach you ever? Are you ever going to get to play for us? Because if not, you may as well get out there and do some stuff. It's a good spot for you. We won't have to rely on you. If you do some good things, you'll notice. If you don't, if it doesn't click, we'll yank you quick enough and just say you weren't ready. And then I think eventually it got to a point where they realized it was a week away from the middle of February. We're 30 days out, 33 days out, whatever it may be from Selection Sunday. And I think it just kind of came push to shove. Let's just, let's stop being a distraction. Let's tell everybody you're not going to play. And I and, and them saying he wants to lead the team next year and do all that stuff, I wouldn't expect him to say anything different. But Roush, I think Kentucky was taken, I think all of this has been a little bit of a surprise to UK. They've been operating as they've gone along with it. I don't think Sharp or his camp has ever really wanted to play this season. They've been somewhat clear about that. I think UK wanted to keep that door open in case they didn't get to coach him next year and they wanted to coach him just a little bit to some extent. And I think eventually they said it's too late. We haven't played you up to this point. You don't want to play anyways, so let's just go ahead and release a statement. You're not playing this season, and we'll say all the right things to make it seem like you're going to be back for the following year. Such a weird game of politics, and I think you wouldn't have had that situation happen if there were if both parties would have been clear with one another from the get. Because I, I, I think the only thing that was clear was that Cal was not always in the loop on this decision-making, especially the early arrival part. I don't think he anticipated that. But you can't turn him down at that point. He's their most player in the class. I'm not going to do that. Exactly. So, um, now, I I will say I I do understand some of the folks who are frustrated, like with Cal saying, show up early, watch Shaden play. Like, maybe, you know, you don't like getting your hopes up or you feel like you're playing some games. And I think that's really the frustrating part. And that's why I'm glad that Cal went ahead and just did this because the whole – the back and forth game, we've dealt with it in recent years, and it usually hasn't ended well from a Kentucky perspective. And like the, like the Jared Vanderbilt thing frustrated the hell out of Kentucky fans. And I think it frustrated the hell out of Cal. It's probably out of his control as well. But that kind of will he, won't he, there was so much weird uncertainty in it. I'm glad we can at least officially turn the page on this. I, I, mentally, I already yeah. had – but I'm I'm very glad we don't have to talk about Shadon anymore. Yes, and as for so I, I think all this kind of was annoying to Kentucky, surprised Kentucky. They were unsure. Generally, I think they're in the loop on all this stuff, and they've got plans. And I think their plans had changed maybe a couple times with this sharp situation. As for him playing next year, I will believe it when I see it. Yep. If he's a top ten in the draft, and here's another thing, right? Is 
he shouldn't put his name in the draft if he is set on coming back. Correct? Right. I, mean, I, I guarantee you have a bunch of drama, though, come the end of the year, where it's like, oh, is Shadon going to go to the draft or is he not? Well, if he puts his name in the draft, I think that should just be the end-all, be-all. Yeah. He is gone. He's Because you... If if you put your name in the draft, all this just seems like a big ploy that you wanted to be able to get a little nil money, protect your stock without having to play. And if it is works out that way, that, that shouldn't bother any Kentucky fans. It shouldn't bother me. It is what it is. But if he's so set on coming back next year, you know what mock drafts say right now. Yeah. They're, what are they, what the, they going to tell you? Yeah. Your top 10. If you do workouts with teams. And if you work out for teams, that's the same as theoretically playing, playing. this yeah, season for yeah. UK and not being ready. So if if you put your name in the draft, I feel like you this whole thing uh, in terms of talking about playing next year was facetious from the get-go. I think it really is as simple as that. And it won't bug me. And folks need to be mature enough to not get all worked up if a kid – quote, unquote, used UK. As Rash mentioned, this is the number one player. He's projected in top ten of mock drafts without even having to dribble a basketball. If there's a chance that you get that kid, you take him regardless if he says, hey, there's only a 2% chance I'm going to play college basketball. You still take him, and you let him go through. Did you see just the Cats tweet? Oh, gosh. He... I don't, the thing I don't understand about his like online persona, it's the antithesis of how he is as a person. He's such a curmudgeon online now. I think he just plays into what gives him more attention. Yeah, it's not good. It's Disappointing. Is is my thinking. But because he, he's he's such a nice guy in person. Hey, so this is a pretty wacky Wednesday take. But what if all this yesterday that came out was just deployed to throw everybody off their scent trail, and then now they'll throw shade on him? Uh, I love the way you think. <laughs> Man, that's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. Everybody will stop scouting for him, and then you just throw him in. (laughs) That would be very funny. (laughs) But I don't – But, like, to to that point, though, like, I get why you're content with your team moving forward. I don't think there's a whole lot of validity to team chemistry or – Yeah, I never really bought into that. But, like, just from a minute standpoint, your backcourt's pretty damn good. Sure is. Unless – I, th- I think the one reason why Cal might be kicking himself or not just throwing him in for, like, the Vandy or Mississippi State game, though, if there is an injury or something like that, you you know, might, might, might want to call his number down the road. Yeah, I guess that, that – But that's like a who weird – knows, maybe things could change again. Yeah. It's changed so often. Yeah, and if if he if that if there was that scenario, I don't know if you'd say, well, we didn't get him in in the final minute of the Kansas game. I don't think he'll be ready. The whole thing has just been crazy to me, and I, it it does just kind of scream to me that probably Sharp's camp has been the one saying, nah, we really don't think it'd be the best interest to play. Um, and that's fine. I agree with everybody else. It's good to get this distraction aside. It's going to be a really fun next month and a half, ideally, for Kentucky basketball, and hopefully a, a run to the Final Four and. Potentially, if you have a team that can win a national championship, you put the sharp stuff to the side. At the end of the season, it should be sharp talk. It should be what's the situation, how are things looking, is he going to be back, is he not going to be back. I'll just tell you a month and a half in advance that the only thing I'll look at is if he puts his name in the draft to me, that's going to be his sign to go. And you could say, well, he's just doing it so he can hear what – NBA teams have to say to him, 
If you don't know by now, why do you care? I mean, like, why? Why do you? They're going to tell you that you're a freak athlete. You probably need to get more polished, and you're still going to be a lottery pick. Yeah, the only thing that, uh, I mean, you know what they're going to tell them too. You need more. You need to play more basketball. You need more game reps. (laughs) You can't get that over the summer. You're either going to get your game reps in the NBA, or you're going to get them at Kentucky. Yeah. So pretty, we'll see. Pretty simple. We'll see, and we can worry about that at the end of the year, but that ends the Shadon Sharp chapter for this season at least, and then the day that Kentucky wins it all or comes up short in the tournament, I know that the conversation will just go to, is Sharp going to be back? Yeah. Will he be playing? But it is kind of fun to think about that most likely, I wouldn't be shocked maybe if you see one transfer, but you're going to have Toppin back. You should have Collins back. Probably you, have Wheeler. You think you're going to have Hopkins back. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe one of those guys, and I would lean towards the freshman, but if one of those guys decided to leave, wouldn't be the sh- most surprising thing. Yeah, you should have Wheeler back. Imagine just you know getting to practice with those guys for the last – from December, and then you that's a good core. Case and Wallace. Yeah, you bring in a few other guys, but if Sharp has the chemistry with those people – and then he gets to hit the ground running for the start of next season, then there's your superstar. You have a bunch of surrounding pieces that are familiar with the system, and uh, you get C.J. Frederick hopefully back from injury as well. Could be a lot of fun, Roush. You get uh, Could be a lot of fun. Get a, could be a really good lob team. Toppin, oh, Collins, Sharp. With Wheeler throwing the passes. Yeah. You're right about that. Especially Sharp breaking down a defense and him being able to get in the lane and then, boom, throw it to Toppin or Collins coming down, crashing the, the block. That'd be that'd be pretty swell if it were to happen. But we don't have to worry about it happening this year. No Sharp. That's all right. This Kentucky team should be able to take care of South Carolina tonight without him and hopefully be able to make a run without him. Uh, they've already gotten to 19-4 and on the season, 8-2 and in the SEC, and a lot of... A lot of folks are picking the Cats as a national title contender and a Final Four contender. So this year, we know the group. We can put that stuff completely to the side. KRC tried to do it a few weeks ago, but we couldn't help but talk about them here and there. This should put the the final nail in the this season coffin. And then we'll open that bad boy back up, see what we got at the end of the year, heading into next year. There's your sharp talk. We're going to hit a break. Ooh, we'll when we come, come back. Oh, Got some uh, breaking news. Okay. Yeah. No way you're going to get disappointed with Roush's breaking <laughs> news when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Sit your $5 ass down before I make change. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. Replay the show on Big X, which you can listen to on 961 FM, 1450 AM, FM and AM dials. No big deal. Stream the show live, tune in radio app, plenty of ways to listen. And of course, the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Roush had some big news, and I'm excited to hear it. 
breaking news. Uh, instead of a Vince Tyree press conference, we have a Mitch Barnhart sit down with John Hale. So Mitch has opened his mouth. We have his first interview since who? Can you remember the last time Mitch said anything publicly? No, I didn't even know that he did an interview with John Hale. Yeah, the first news story of that came out this morning, and it confirmed the schedule for next year. Kentucky's going to play a little at home. They're not disrupting the back and forth of the series because the game was not played this year. Um, and so both back back at the same in the same rotation. City. Yeah. Oh man, so, we, I thought we had caught a break until Louisville had a chicken out of the basketball game this year. So Kentucky will host UVL next year. They'll also get to host the SEC Big Twelve Challenge. So for all of the folks who are very upset with the schedule, that's coming. And he also said, you know, there's going to be probably a neutral site game somewhere. Uh, well, we can already lock in to one or at least two. Champions Classic, and I guess... CBS Sports Classic, if that's still up and running. Ooh, we tried to... Uh, the KSR group tried to figure out if there was any rhyme or reason to how the CBS Sports Classic works. There's not. Just It's willy-nilly. Who you're playing, where you're well, playing. Well, they mixed it up. I mean, the pandemic has totally changed the 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 matchups as is. But even, I think, back in 16, one year, they were just like, yeah, we're going to flip it. This we're just going to play North Carolina, Kentucky, because it's good for ratings. No, they, had a, they actually had a reason... Um, I think at the end of the day, yes, that was the reason. <laughs> but they, it was something with, I think, another team was already scheduled to play another team. So it was just like, if we do this, that avoids that. Gotcha. So they, they did have a reason back when they did that. But, but it's yes, pretty, I think your reason the, was mostly just, hey, we know what's going to sell these matchups. Yeah, so, um, but that that's kind of what to look ahead to. Um, I'm sure that John will have more things coming from that interview. Any alcohol talk? No alcohol talk. I'm sure John's not going to ask it either. I I'm usually Gosh, the one who's tasked with enough. the uh, alcohol questions. I was seeing all the UK like football ticket renewals. If you're a season ticket holder, you can renew early. Blah blah. And they blah. give you like you're, little perks. By the way, if you're not a season ticket holder or you are and you don't renew, you'll be fine. You'll have plenty of chances to renew. Yeah, they throw in these perks, but you can get. Perks it's like save later. ten dollars a ticket. Yeah, you can get yeah. some perks some other places as well. I just keep waiting, like. Gosh, if you all really want to hit at home and sell a bunch of season tickets heading into this exciting season, just make that announcement. Make the most common sense, simplistic announcement that you all can make, and that will be, hey, we're getting with the times, and not just the rich folks are going to be able to drink. It's getting to the point where I'm just exhausted over the whole conversation. So I, I'm with you. Like, just make it happen. Good grief. It's not going to. Like, though. it's such a simple it, concept. Well, here's – so – Ross Dellinger, um, college football reporter for Sports Illustrated, he does flowcharts for college football playoff expansion. And I appreciate when – like, I don't like when this news happens, but there will sometimes just be, like, a really extensive one, and then there will be, like, a quick yes or no, and then the no is just, like, wrong. Like, it just stops dead in its tracks. Um, that's That's what this conversation is. It says, will Kentucky serve alcohol next year? And you point an arrow down, and it says – is Mitch Barnhart the athletics director? Yes. Uh, then the answer is immediately no. I just firmly believe Mitch Barnhart will never sell alcohol to fans at in the general seating areas while he's in control at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, which is just totally wild. Um, it's one of those things. It's kind of like everything with gambling in Kentucky and all that sort of stuff. 
Uh, where if like, you actually just kind of say all the stuff out loud, it's almost hard to believe that it's real life and not like a movie yeah, or a book yeah. or something like that. So let's just do it because it's a fun exercise. So rich people can drink at games. Yep, yep, yep. You have to be indoors? No, you don't have to be indoors anymore. You can be a rich person, drink outdoors, as long as you're in the rich designated areas. Um, and... They aren't allowed to do it for the common fans? No, they are. Everybody can do it, and they can make a ton of money off of it. Uh, but Mitch Barnhart thinks that it would disrupt the family atmosphere, I think. Proximity to the field. And then that the fans are too close to the field because if you mix that with beer, it automatically equals things happening, although the, you have... The Keeneland section's right up to the field. Yeah, right yeah. up to the field, right up to the No, pitches. sorry, a long shit. They sold that to... Wong ship now. Oh, it's Wong ship? The Wong ship lounge. But it still says Keeneland. Are they going to make it the I think safe? it's just a sign. Okay. But they call it the Wong ship lounge. It used to be well, whatever it is, it's right behind the bench. Yeah. That's not an issue. <laughs> it's just outlandish. It's it's totally uh, – people do it at Rupp. It's a similar setup, except they make it where as long as you just pour your alcohol into another cup, people take it out to Rupp Arena, so they're drinking during the games. It's all, it's all madness. It's – Something that's totally and completely inexcusable for Mitch Barnhart. A lot of folks don't care. It's not that huge of a deal to them, uh, and that's fine if it's not. And the thing is, it shouldn't be a big deal. It should not be a big deal to have a couple beers while you're at a game. But you know what? Like when we went to the Yum Center, it was a good time just having what we three or four beers, Justin. I had four. Yeah, I think I ended up having four too. But it's just a good time. Like that's. I'm not going to be. Throwing stuff on the floor. Now, granted, I'm not a Louisville fan. You know, they like to throw some stuff on the oh, floor. Oh, they did throw some ice. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe a bad game to pick. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I didn't drink oh, for that was a UNC game. I didn't drink for close to a month, and I went and smashed four beers at a basketball game, and I didn't have any inclination to want to go run on the floor and tackle a player or throw something <laughs> at them. Or, I mean, I was all, I was fine. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. Well. Maybe if Mitch Barnhart did more media opportunities, he'd get pressed on that stuff more. Uh, he has been already, as is, and his excuses are always hilarious. I just say keep giving them, yeah, keep, keep making them have to have to say those excuses because I think at some point it he knows it because he's not a dumb he's not a dummy, so he knows the stuff he's saying is just complete cow manure. But if you just keep making them do it. He could potentially get pretty. Uh... Now, now I remember the last time he did an interview because Matt did push him on it, and uh, he's like, "I get we get beat up on issues all the time. This is one I get beat up on a lot." And it's like, "Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense." Hmm. It's the same thing with the uh, the slot machines. Can't no, gamble. I was say it's like with you can have slot machines in your restaurant. Thayer with his constituents. If you don't like me, just vote me out. I'm not doing any. What do you, What do you want to do about <laughs> At it? At least you could like. In theory, like it's possible, it won't happen. But like, eh, Mitch is just not going to vote on that. Yeah, you can't, you can't vote Mitch out. And secondly, it's if you are hearing about it, it's because maybe you've made the wrong decision. If you're constantly hearing about it. All right, uh, who that cat fan tweets into the show? Don't do the tweets all that often. As far as why I'm concerned, Sharp is gone. Why are you worried on Sharp's end about playing this year? If you're certain you're coming back, if you're a disappointment, you have a whole season to flip that. He's a top ten pick, doing nothing. He'd be a fool to stay. That totally agree with really all that. It is a weird mind game we have to play, though. Like if you if you were. If you were 100% sure you're coming back, why wouldn't you want to get on the floor, get a feel for college, the college game? If all this is about getting prepared for your college season next year, 
no better way to get prepared for a college season than being just kind of a role player on a team that doesn't need you playing garbage minutes here and there. Boom. Then you're really getting ready to roll for the following season. Unless, of course, you've got the draft on your mind, you want to protect your stock, you don't want any bad film of you out there, because right now you are you do. You have the golden ticket. I also just don't understand the, I can't put myself in his shoes whatsoever. The life of having... Too big. Hand, Too big. Uh, I don't know. I have a pretty large foot. I'm sure he's probably around 13, 14, something like that. Um, but I just... N- I, I I can't foresee like being a basketball player and not playing basketball. I can't I I, I just I can't wrap my brain around it uh, because I I don't love that life. But I also can't imagine having trainers and God knows who else all around in my circle making sure I make the right decisions to to get paid in the NBA. So um, it, it's hard for me to understand it because it seems pretty simple. Like I would just want to play basketball. Hell, he just wants to play so badly, he's going to the Johnson Center after a game to, to get some run in. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, coincidence. Maybe they saw that and they're like, that's it. We're telling everybody you're not playing. It is the whole thing's just interesting. The whole thing is is bizarre. Um, but I agree that I think he'd be a fool not to go to the draft. And I feel like that's going to be the narrative is, well – we, he just ultimately you're talking about life changing money. He had to do it. it. He couldn't pass it up. We we've got all that. We understand. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and I, good for him. I won't blame him. Good for him. I wish I could do it. It'd be pretty nice. Uh, I, I want to get to the Thornton's text line, but also think we need to send our thanks out to our good buddy Walk. Oh gosh, Walk with McLean. You're who's did it. Suck it, Coach K. What a freaking shot to end that game. Did get to see the end of that. That was – love watching Coach K lose to mediocre teams on his home floor. Yep, that was right at story time, and the whole family got excited to see the Dukies go down. Nice. And was shocked that there wasn't, like, this beneficial whistle to win it for Duke. Virginia tied it up, and then they did get Duke two free throws because it was at Duke. Mm-hmm. And then – that little, like, the ball getting loose and everything, like, they called a jump ball, and it, Virginia had possession instead of a foul. Yes, that, that was another one. And then Paulo shook his guy out of his shoes and then attacked the rim and actually did get bumped pretty significantly, and they didn't call it, which was exciting. Shocking. And that led Virginia to having the possession, which eventually led to the jump ball, which eventually led to the mm-hmm. made three-pointer that, that sunk Duke. Duke already – in my opinion, is eliminated from one seed conversation. Of course, other teams could do stuff. That's assuming that like the wheels just don't fall off college basketball completely. I think they're already eliminated from being a one seed, and I think they're one loss away, which it would not surprise me in the slightest if they just won out because their schedule is not too difficult. I think the most difficult games remaining, they'll have to go to Virginia. They'll have, I think, Clemson, which kind of goes to show what level of caliber we're talking about. And then they have one more road game at Syracuse, which could be mildly. I mean, Syracuse isn't a tournament team. Clemson's not a tournament team. Virginia, they're going to need to get hot to be a tournament team. So the three most difficult games I'm talking about, I don't know if they even well, face a tournament team in any of that. They're, um, if you do the quad 
If you want to go just by quad games, quad one, two, three. That was a quad three loss last night. Yeah, that's a bad loss. It was a quad three loss. And Kentucky, at, at, before yesterday, Kentucky had five quad one games left on the schedule. Duke had zero. Just the, the ACC is so bad. It is terrible. Their resume, it, like, they, they're going to need – I know um, like when the NCAA tournament, when the selection committee meets, they have a lot of different criteria. And their resume really doesn't meet a lot of those criteria. The only thing they have, they have the two neutral site wins against Kentucky and Gonzaga, and they have the Coach K farewell tour factor. That is the number one priority on the selection committee's list. So you'll probably still see a two seed because they do check that box. Coach K's final year, check. All right, we got to bump you up a seed or two. So they've got that going for them. But aside from that, not a whole lot else. No, uh, one more loss that really should just take them out of the two-seed conversation. Again, not so sure that they will. And then you're talking about Duke potentially a three-seed. If you're a three-seed, you shouldn't usually get a geography preference, but they would. Uh, I will be shocked if Duke isn't playing in Greenville for the first and second round, and I would feel decent about their chances of being in the Philly region because they've got a big fan base up there. Uh, if not Philly, I could see him being shipped out west as and just, hey, you all versus Gonzaga, see how it shakes out. But that may be too tough of a road for him. But hilarious seeing them lose last night. Kansas lost also, if you ah. didn't see that, which, not you know, I guess if you're a Kentucky fan, you'd prefer them just to dominate because you'd be the team that dominated the team that's been dominating. But uh, also on the flip side, it's Kansas, so shouldn't break your heart to see them lose either. And you're competing with them for seeds as well. It, so I, anybody that's in the one, two, or three seed category for me, go ahead and lose. Go ahead and lose because that way if Kentucky trips up, then hopefully these other teams have at some point and you're back to kind of a level ground. I think it's February 19th is when they're doing the the uh, They're saving seeding. it for after Super Bowl. Okay. They're doing the like, hey, here's where everybody's looking. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I think as it stood stands right now, Kentucky would comfortably be a two, but – one, not out of the conversation, not impossible. And, uh, you know, if things go south and they slip up on the road here and there, I, I think four probably their basement as things stand right now. So, where I'm, uh, it's this is another one of those like, let's talk about the refs at Fog Allen beforehand. Maybe it won't happen, but uh, Philadelphia is a regional, Kentucky the two seed, Duke the three seed. Is that right? They were not, no. Whatever it is to get them to where they wouldn't meet until the Elite Eight. So that would have to be one one and a four. Well, no, one and a two or three. Or two and a three and a four. Okay. Two plus three. Two and three play in the Sweet 16. One and four play in the Sweet 16. Okay. Either way, them in the Elite Eight in Philly. 30-year anniversary of the shot. Could totally see it. Being K's last game. Biggest ratings ever for CBS. Yeah. Just go ahead and put that thought in your brain. Let it marinate because it's probably what we're going to be talking about the day after Selection Sunday. Duke, I think, is one of the few teams that I don't think is a phenomenal matchup for Kentucky. But just the having the opportunity to be able to, to send to him packing pay oh, season gosh. would just make up for all of the uh, annoyance Kentucky fans have had to deal with throughout the decades. 
Well, can, just and to can, be able to have to be his last loss, be a tournament game to the University of Kentucky would be so sweet. Dream come true. Well, and by the time that rolls around, I mean you can already say it now, but Kentucky's a way better team now than they were back in that first game. So much better. They are, yeah. That four position, though, like, and if Keels is playing well, like he did, like that, those are tough matchups. But yeah, I'm, I mean, after seeing Duke and Kentucky play several times this season, I would my money's on Kentucky all day in that matchup. Well, yeah. I thought Kentucky should have uh, would have won the first game regardless of where things were, but Benchero was on fire. Keels had his best game easily that he's had. The only issue with Duke is that A.J. Griffin has stepped up and he's become a nice player for yeah. them, uh, that he wasn't as big as a factor. It'd be a tough game. The reason I don't like the matchup for Kentucky is because you've got Mark Williams and Theo John just to throw at Oscar, make it physical. They've got the big bodies down there. Uh, that could make things tough. But I think Kentucky's backcourt is a lot better than Duke. So I'd bring it on. I think it'd be a toss-up game. I think Kentucky could definitely lose it. And you got to take into consideration the whistle that Kay would get in this scenario. But to have that chance to end his career, and maybe it ends Kentucky's season. That's the risk you play with it. I want it. Bring it on. Would love to send him out. God, so much fun. Bring on some Thornton's Donuts, too. Maybe some coffee, a breakfast burrito, a breakfast sandwich. As the one, the Thornton's by me, they're doing a big, like, egg, morning egg promotion. So they've got the mm. egg and funny cartoons. Uh, there's a trend, by the way, I think the trend may be over now, where people were going into gas stations and making their own cutouts and, like, putting it in the gas station and just seeing how long it could be there. Oh, that's fun. Some would last for a very long time. Uh, they're not as up-to-date. We could do a Thornton's, like, breakfast gas station poster. Put it in the store, see how long it's there. What if we did that, but it was roll call? Could do that. Sports soccer. Could do that. Could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of fun. So their breakfast is the real deal. And even if you're just looking for a fresh banana, a delicious apple, they've got those as well. So pop into Thornton's today. Check it out. Justin, do you have something to say about their delicious, tasty breakfast? Uh, I just I love Thornton's breakfast. I'm I'm to be honest, I'm getting a little concerned about the Thornton's I go to. My manager has not been there in like five days. Oh no, the, the little roll call concern. guy? No, 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 no. The like the main store manager. Okay, she's, maybe she's awesome, but she has not been there. So she's something's, probably just something's up. A little vacation, maybe so. Yeah, hopefully she's back today. It's well, not the same without her. We'll get the update tomorrow if Thornton's manager lady is working at Justin's. Convenient Thornton's, and there's a convenient one by you as well. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next, Cats take on South Carolina tonight. We'll talk about that as well. This is KRC in the Big X. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We appreciate you spending your morning with us. Text into the Thornton text line 502-414-1450. And it's Taco Tuesday and the Cats play tonight, so you got to hit up the Salsaritas. 
get yourself a delicious burrito, wildly addictive chips as Ty Ty Washington drives to the hole. You can also drive some chips to your mouth. Yum. Spicy salsa. If it's too spicy for you, it's so delicious. You can go mild or medium. They got Blue Powerade, which is great, and they've got two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-through. St. Matthews newly renovated there on Hubbard's. Check them out today and download the Salsaritas app to save yourself some money. And if you want that extra kick, don't forget to ask for the side of seasoning for the chips. That's not, I wouldn't know if I would say extra kick. Oh, it's oh my god! It takes the chips to another level. It's. it's I mean, they're it's already quite good. literally extra seasoning. I think kick. I think spice. Well, it, maybe it is spicy to me. I'm a little pansy boy. I could. You know what? I didn't actually take into consideration this could be spicy like Rick Bozich. That's that's spicy for him. He probably can't even handle the regular chips. That's true. I'll be honest. Last time I went, guys, last week I got the medium salsa, and it was maybe a smidge too spicy. I, I think they stopped telling people. I, this I think stuff. they changed it. No, they didn't. You're just a baby. <laughs> when are you gonna When are you gonna get that? Oh no! I'm gonna have to dip down to mild. I, we've now got a Herald Leader story with Mitch Barnhart. I'm afraid that oh, we have a Mitch Barnhart sit down oh, with just goodness. the newspapers. Oh, sounds. We didn't get invited to the table. Sounds like it. Goodness. And it's well, all I'm just, just breaking tra- news. I'm just a big traditional print guy. <laughs> Donors are coming forward. They want to help Mark Stoops. So um, let's see if there's any actual news. I don't think he's actually saying anything news, though. You let us know if there is. Okay. Gosh, it's just... God, I've got FOMO. I never... Actually, the one thing I'm glad I never had to do was uh, the John Calipari Roundtable. Did you ever do a John Calipari Roundtable? No, you'd only get one media member, so whoever I was like working Brad with, they somebody would, would yeah, go. somebody would go. You'd but, only uh, get one person. The, the John Calipari Roundtable was a, at least an hour-long conversation where they – it was actually at a roundtable, and it was just all the media people, and he just talked for an hour about whatever he wanted to. What, like a month or two before the season? Yeah, it usually would be in, like, September. And they would embargo it for, like, a few weeks, and – it was always so funny because we would just release an entire transcript at midnight and it was just gobbledygook. <laughs> just absolute gobbledygook. I never had the task of having to transcribe it, but man, Drew Franklin and Tyler Thompson, they deserve Nobel Peace Prizes for doing that. That's God's work. Sounds horrible. Absolutely miserable. Can't think of anything worse, actually. So, you know what? I'm glad I didn't get invited, Mitch. Take that. Oh. Wonder, yeah, it's not surprising. He just does newspapers. Maybe he'll eventually come over. But I wonder if he'll ever do a radio kind of car wash sort of deal. Oh, it'd be fun. Seems unlikely. Yeah. Also, I don't want to do that. You wouldn't want to interview Mitch Barnhart on the radio? I guess just to have a guess. <laughs> of course we'd want to interview Mitch Barnhart on the radio. No, but not if he's if we're like fourth in line. I would no. I'm fine with it. Okay, you can handle it. I'm good. Yeah. I'll just, just to have a guest. Yeah. Well, th- that's what it is. I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't want to have a guest. We can get guests. We can get guests whenever you want. Yeah, and usually they don't add much to the show. Wow! Shots fired at the guests. I'm just saying that's why we don't do guests all the time. I would gladly. I don't care if we'd be twelfth in line. I'd love to be able to ask yeah, Mitch some one-on-one yeah. questions. All right. Give him a little piece of my mind. You know. 
Okay. Be, would would be nice. Oh, you buddy. It'd be great radio. We want to hear a piece of your mind on the Thornton Sex Justin, line. Justin, you've never heard Mitch Barnhart talk. Oh, it's, I it have. would not be great. Radio. I, I, well, I'm I'm just thinking the way TJ would come after him about I, I certain subjects. I wouldn't really have any patience for yeah. his answers. I think it would be hilarious. I'd give him obviously the, a chance. The, part, but... the, the, the hard part is towing the line of impatience and also being like polite, you know, like respectful. Because like it it would just be so irritating. It would be. It would be. I, it would be entertaining for us, Justin, because yes. we would watch yes. TJ just like fight within himself I, to. I'd be respectful and just be like, "All right, I mean." There'd be some eye rolls though. You're you're some definite <laughs> eye rolls, some squirming in the chair, and like the big kind of gaps. Like you're going to talk, and you're like, "Oh gosh, I gotta guess." I would I just come up under. with all these ideas. I'd be like, "All right, what if fans just can't first fifteen rows, no beer, but everybody else in the stadium? It's very <laughs> you won't have to worry about it being too close to the field at that point." Um, I wonder if there's any checkerboard and jersey talk. Everybody just is under the impression that the jerseys are gone next year. I think that's been like released by several different people that UK will be getting new jerseys next year, but I wonder if there's any update in any of these Mitch Barnhart newspaper stories. We're working really hard at the facility, the track facility. So there's your update. Okay. Good hard work from Mitch Barnhart. But Texter says, sure feels like the committee will try to find a way to get Kentucky and Duke in the same regional, either as one or two or two and three. Right now, that seeding would probably be a stretch, but I think it's something they'll try to do. Well, Roush kind of talked about that earlier, uh, saying they'd want to get them both in Philly again. It's crossed my mind as well. To set that up for the Elite Eight, though, one of Kentucky and Duke would need to be most likely a one or a four seed. The other one would need to be likely a two or a three seed if you wanted to have it a true Elite Eight matchup. Could definitely see it happening. Mm-hmm. Could definitely see it. Already seen tweets that if Sharp leaves, Cal should be quote unquote held accountable for not handling it correctly. <laughs> My question is, how should Cal handle it? Throw the kid under the bus, especially if Cal is being told the plan is for him to return, which is which we have no reason to assume he's being told something different. I guess the only thing to combat that, if I will, would be. You could make a case that maybe he should hold, you know, maybe he should just come out and say, listen, he's telling us that he's going to be back next year. I'm not sure what you want us to do. But I do agree with your overall sentiment of the text. I think they've been kind of surprised by this. I think they've been following what Sharp and his camp has been saying. And while they, I don't think they're dumb, I'm sure that they maybe can see the writing on the wall. They're, they are saying the right things, at least now. I just think you could have handled this much earlier on. You could have nipped it in the bud much earlier on. Seems to indicate to me that they're kind of just going with the flow. And I think the flow is going to lead Sharp to getting paid millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to play basketball in just a few months. And I'm not talking nil. It is what it is, though, and at least we don't have to discuss it. Did you see that John Ramsey tweeted his support for Tom Jurich again? Louisville Twitter's on fire right now, and I'm all for it. Wait, John Ramsey supports Tom Jurich? What? No way. I can't believe that. Yeah, he did. He's a big Jurich guy. They talk every day. Wow. It's got to be an awkward relationship. What do they talk about? Yeah, there's no way they talk every day. I don't talk to anybody every day. Except you, and I don't even talk to you. I don't talk to you every day. Talk to my wife every day. Yeah. Talk to yourself every day. That's true. true. I bet John Ramsey does a lot of self-talking. 
just in general too, the amount of, um, man, if I had to like butter up sources as much as some other folks do, that would just be exhausting talking think, to people all the time. I don't think there's a ton of people that are like working the phones that are, that you're a U of L fan that like, you know, listen to John Ramsley for U of L takes ever since he's really been off radio. I think he just has that TV show and that's not a sports TV show, but what I would say to John Ramsey is where the hell have you been? And two, I'm questioning how big of a U of L fan you are at all, and you're just a Jurich fan. Because is it a coincidence that he hasn't really talked U of L athletics in any capacity since yeah. Jurich has been gone? It's true. And then now that Jurich is back, look who's firing up the old tweeter again. I don't think it's a coincidence. So I'd be like, maybe I don't need to listen to people that have agendas. Maybe I'd, you, you want to listen to people that actually have the best interests at UofL. I don't think that's Ramsey. I don't know who it is for what it's worth, but I don't think it's Ramsey. Texter on the Thornton's text line says, First Roush downplays my dig at UofL, and then he takes a shot at Eric Church. Kill his mic, Justin. We won't stand for that kind of slander. Couldn't kill it yesterday, but I can kill it today if he comes up with anything ludicrous again. Yeah, just not the biggest fan anymore. He did um, a Talladega song. That was kind of his, like, all right, here's my last really good musical something. That was so long ago, Ralph. I know. He's made several good hits since then. No, no, no. Hits is not a qualifier for good. (laughs) What about Smoke a Little Smoke? That was well before that. It was a great one. Yeah. Eric Church. It was fun stuff. The 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 chief. That was uh back in my frat house days. Ten years ago, probably released then. Yeah, we used to. That was a big time. Uh, getting ready to go out kind of uh, album. Throw that bad boy on. How uh, we weren't a big country pregame. House. Well, it just depended. You would do that. Um, I would. We would also just do good old classic rock. Um, man, the vibes. The vibes in the in the building when everybody was getting ready. You know, getting ready to go out, getting showers in, getting some some beers in you. Man, uh, <laughs> Bad Company was surprisingly our, like, all right, time to time to party song. Bad Company. Yeah. Whenever it would uh, do that little, dun, dun, right before you get to the chorus, Bad Company, the whole, the whole house get rowdy. <laughs> We'd all have to, like, headbang at the same time. It was usually, like, one guy just in a towel, you know, just all all around positive vibes. What with the fraternity were you in? Kappa Sig. Kappa Sig. So yeah. that's what got the Kappa Sig house going bonkers. It's a good time. Bad company. We were bad company. Hey <laughs> oh. Oh, also, all right. Let's talk a little UK South Carolina. Okay. Has have have folks been watching any South Carolina basketball this year? I have not seen him play one Has anybody time. seen Frank Martin this year? No. Have folks ever watched South Carolina basketball? Uh, a lot of folks, not without Sundarius Thornwell. You're going to see Frank Martin tonight, and you're not going to recognize him. You're going to think he looks borderline unwell. It's because he got COVID and his hair quit growing back. It was one of his side effects. Was it really an yeah. actual side effect? Yeah. He, he looks so bizarre as a bald man. Oh, yesterday he did. So his hair, it, it's. I felt like it wasn't as bad when I saw him on a Zoom yesterday. But, man, if you want to just – if you want evidence that South Carolina doesn't give a damn about their men's basketball program. Their women's, it's one thing. 
Their women's like, team is so dominant. It's unbelievable. But for their men's team, it's just like, all right, we're going to do a Zoom with Frank. All right, just hold your phone, Frank. It was vertical phone, just him just shaking it the whole time while talking to us while I was looking at the bottom of his chin. Oh, my gosh. TJ, you're right. If you wouldn't have brought that up and I watched the game tonight, I would not have written. I would have probably had to Google who their head coach is. I'd had this written down. I mean, I'd, it's not like I've been watching a ton of South Carolina basketball, but if their game's on in the SEC, uh, generally we'll tune to it for a little bit. And the first time this year that I saw him, it was I, was shocking. Like, yeah. I was like, that is not Frank Martin. It is. It looks nothing like him. But That's you'll, crazy. You'll see it tonight during the game. Just, it, you know, fine, uh, being bald is a fine look. Yeah, it is. Got, got yeah, no, it is, got TJ. No, got nothing wrong with it. It's just sometimes you got to do a double take when you're not expecting it's it. It's like the guy who walks in with, like, a toupee on for the first time. And you're like, wait, what? Is that the same? Which we need to experience that more often. Which, by the way, if anybody has a toupee. You'd want to give it a roll? <laughs> I mean, it'd be kind of fun. It'd be a good gag, right? Oh, uh, I. This is a, in some ways, a stereotypical Frank Martin, South Carolina team. From what I've seen, mm-hmm. they're tough, they're physical, and they're not over overly skilled. This team, I don't think, is as disciplined as Frank Martin teams generally like his basketball teams to be. Because this is why I think Kentucky's going to, at some point, be fine is you can break this team down so easily by making the extra pass. They will get out of sorts. They'll start guarding people that aren't that don't need to be guarded. They'll guard people that aren't even out on the floor. You eventually make the extra few passes, and this defense will break down. May not happen in the first 10 minutes of the game. May not happen in 15. But at some point, they're going to get tired legs defensively, and they won't be able to keep up with all of UK's scoring options. UK is going to have a run at some point that'll be like 12-0, 15-0, something like that, and that should be it. That should be the end of the game. Uh, UK has significantly more talent than South Carolina has. South Carolina has had a tough time just finding consistency and anybody to really be overly reliable for them. They're not a great rebounding team. This should be, Roush, a pretty easy game, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I think my biggest hope for this game is to see that Oscar can push through that the last two games where they really tried to beat him up inside. Because South Carolina, they're going to do the same thing. So I, I guess my hope is that he finds his touch around the rim with the guys hanging all over him. Yeah. Because that's point. a lot of it is just knowing uh, – Having that feel, because it's it's all about a feel. Whenever you got people just hanging all over you, and half of your body is pushing that guy off, and the other half has to lay it soft off the backboard or off the rim. So I I think that's just my overall biggest hope. Uh, Kentucky hasn't won though. It, they they've lost their last two trips down to Colonial Life Arena in Columbia. So go out there. It's going to be ugly, uh, but just take care of business. Keep taking care of business. I think that's. Kind of the lesson we learned against Alabama is that this team can't adapt. They can't adjust to win these ugly games on the road. So go out, make it happen, Cap'n, and then let's let's kick Tennessee's ass on Saturday. Speaking, no, no, it's not Tennessee. Who's Saturday? Uh, Florida. Florida, sorry. Speaking of Tennessee, Tennessee beat South Carolina by 24 at South Carolina. Kentucky beat Tennessee by 28. So if we're playing transitive properties, Kentucky wins by 52 tonight. Wow, they're covering that 11.5 points they spread. Are. A 52-point win for the Cats. Wow, we did it, folks. <laughs> did you hear that uh, Tennessee lost a guy for the year, though? 
I did. The forward? Their forward, who I don't – I don't even remember him, though. Yeah. So, he can't be that good. He, well, he's he's a solid player. It's not going to help their rebounding. Um, it's If they were to lose a starter, that's who Tennessee fans would so, pick. So, this is uh, completely random, but um, speaking of Tennessee, during the game, I was very annoyed that the PA announcer kept calling Vescovi Vescovi. But I was watching them play Missouri on Saturday for a little bit. I forget, I forget what team it was, but I turned on that game, and whoever was broadcasting it was calling him Vescovy too. I think he changed the way he pronounces his name. Or he told Tennessee, like, hey, everybody's saying it wrong, but they could, took a year to do it. it. There was a kid who's – same thing with my wife. Like, wouldn't tell her that she's pronouncing her, the name wrong until February. <laughs> Why are you waiting so long? If you say it wrong the first day, just correct him. Yeah. It's the only way it's going to get fixed. He's going to be Vescovi. I'm never fixing it. Vescovi sounds so much better. Than Vescovi. Yeah. yeah. So much better. More exotic. This is also normally a game that UK has a ton of fans in. I don't know what that will be like for a Tuesday, but generally you always get a ton of blue. In My Columbia. brother was is very disappointed because he's up there for work in Columbia. Down would normally go to the game. Well, he's in Charleston, so he's going up to Columbia, but neither here nor there. But he's he's in town. They have clients in town, and they're not getting out of there until 8. So he's like, man, the one time I wish it was a 9 p.m. game. Hmm. So well, you got to tell them, hey, the cats are in town. I'm, I'm dipping out ooh, early. Maybe he can bring the, the Germans to the – Yeah. Yeah. They oh, it's Germans? Yeah, they're Germans. As long German as they clients. sell beer at South Carolina, they're golden. I don't know uh, if they do in the, in the arena or not. They were a late holdout too, but they've since started selling alcohol at football games. So I would assume they so they do it for You'd basketball. You have to at well. basketball, right? Yeah. yeah, just to get people there. They have a uh, nice arena. Gamecock Jesus, though, does he still go to? Believe so. Man, what a guy! That those are the kind of personalities you need at your basketball game. Every SEC basketball arena should have something like that, just like a, you know, like a staple, like a niche staple. Uh, it should uh, again. This is a game for Kentucky. The guards should. Be able to have success. Oscar should have success. If South Carolina wants to make things difficult for Oscar, then okay, the perimeter should be open for the guards. I think this should be a nice. Uh, Wheeler's going to make a shot today. I don't think they have anybody that can defend or stay in front of him, so he will score a basket. Ah, there, you heard it here first. Wow. South Carolina has a ninety-eight percent free throw shooter. Wow. That has taken over forty on the year. That's good. Pretty impressive. So he's like, what, 38 out of 40? Uh, 41 of 42. Wow, only one missed free throw all year. 97.6%. Eric Stevenson, their leading scorer. He'll miss one tonight. Oh. If, if TJ's going to claim Shooting a, a, shot. a claim oh, so boldly. So now this is the reverse jinx here, so he won't miss one. No, he's going to miss one. So you're reverse jinxing it so he won't miss one. So you're wow. reversing Severe Wheeler that he won't hit a shot. Because no. I'm doing the same thing you just did. But I'm saying mine from a factually based standpoint. Mine's you're playing based. the karma jinxy cats. No, mine's You are. I mean, we talked about it, so it's he's going to miss. You, if you were like, you know what, I've been watching a lot of Eric Stevenson lately, and I think he's <laughs> due for a miss, and today's just the day that the free throw line's going to trip him up. I'd do that. But instead, you're just jinxing. You're just putting stuff out in the ether for no reason other than to have it out there. It's All dangerous. Right. So he's a either, dangerous game. He either misses a free throw, and if he doesn't, he doesn't take any. How about that? Okay. Well, <laughs> now you're you're covering your bases a little <laughs> bit more here. Um, and 
to be quite frank, I don't care. I hope Eric Stevenson misses all the free throws. Yeah, suck it, Eric. <laughs> uh, but I'd be, but it will be a fun moment during the game if he goes to the line and misses, though. Uh, you'll get some tweets thrown your way. I'll be watching. Yeah, there's been frustrating games at this arena over the years. Jared Devin Van- Downey J- Jared Van- stands out. Yeah, Devin Downey. That was after the Barack Obama DeMarcus Cousins game. That was a good time. <laughs> uh, you had the Jared Vanderbilt game where he came in and actually looked good and Kentucky was up and then – He was her- hilarious for a little while. Though. Oh, yeah, like couldn't run and was dropping the ball. Of course, you had the Cal getting thrown out the year before or maybe the two years before the Tyler Ulis off the backboard to Marcus Lee, if I'm not mistaken. That was so much fun. That was a good time. The one – then they lose on a last-second shot. Or am I getting that confused with the Vanderbilt game? Uh, I think they lost on a last-second shot recently there. That sounds right. Yeah. It's probably last year. I want to – I try to scrub my memory of all those games. But the Duke game kind of made me think of something last night where Virginia just doesn't hit that last-second shot. Then – Duke gets the win. It's not a bad loss on their resume, not a quad three loss on their resume. No, while you may have some concerns about Duke, they've lost almost all their games by in choking fashion, which is kind of funny. Um, if I was a Duke fan, you could spin that as, oh, we're so close to being perfect on the year, but we just got to find a way to close that game. So there's, there's always a spin zone on that. So at the end of the day, I think this should be an easy game for Kentucky, but just don't lose. Nope. Doesn't matter if you win by one. Doesn't matter if it's the ugliest game of all time. Just don't have that loss be on your record or on your resume. Or you don't you don't want to have to worry about it. And I don't think they will. I think Kentucky's just simply too 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 much too much better, as we said in journalism school at the University of Kentucky. <laughs> it's yet another game where the line just doesn't make any sense to me at all. You think Kentucky should cruise by more I mean, than eleven? Indi- or Kentucky just beat Alabama at Alabama by eleven, and Alabama's a way better team than South Carolina. Yeah, basketball's just so strange, though. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't know what officials could do. You don't know if a team's just gonna slow up, show up sleepy on the road, whatever it may be. But I mostly do agree with you. Kentucky should cover. Kim Palm has it as a thirteen point win for Kentucky. Hmm. So, uh, and the overs hit on four of South Carolina's last five games. Something to keep in mind. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll talk more about this game, and we will certainly read more of the text into the Thornton sex law. when we return, one final segment, Kentucky Roll, Roll Call, Game Day Edition. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Your man in the middle, seven foot two, from a weird country called Lithuania, Bacchides! This fella scares me. That little kid from the Jackson 5, he scares you too. Oh, mark my words, Lou. There's something creepy about that young man. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning game day. Cats versus South Carolina, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. ESPN, Marty Smith, 
Carl Ravitch and Jimmy Dykes on the call. We didn't get Jimmy's jet out Saturday. You think he's warmed it up for today? Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Have you all gotten used to what? the whole Marty Smith on ESPN college basketball thing? Yes. I have not. I, I can never I, like I can never get him doing NASCAR out of my head. I'm pretty tough on ESPN well, broadcasting, so. especially for college basketball, but he's a welcome addition. He he does a good job. He's just for me, he's got the voice, the NASCAR voice. I uh so last night they had on FS1 a replay of the clash at the Coliseum, and I was like, all right, I got to see what this looks like. Justin, did you watch any of it? I checked out a little bit. I didn't watch as much as I would have liked, no. Well, so they, they put a racetrack in the LA Coliseum, yeah, and it looks, it reminds me of the kind of ride that you would put your like toddler in, <laughs> and it's like this tiny little loop. I don't know how you could, how they raced. I mean, like the entire time I watched it was there was caution, like you know, because they're rubbing and bumping the whole time. I, I mean, it was a fun little gimmick, but I just didn't. I, I, this isn't. This doesn't look like a real race. It's like something you see at a county fair. Yeah. It was so tiny. Yeah. So I hope they got what Size they wanted. Size does out of it. matter to Roush. Yeah, I thought that you'd have IU on. ESPN, because you said that I use not till nine. They're on Big Ten Network, Justin. God, that makes it even worse. And they're a nine. Not only do we not get good, decent ESPN broadcasters, but we got to deal with Stephen Bardo, probably. Illinois and Purdue, the ESPN Ugh. game, and not another Big Ten game. Some some respectable Big Ten programs yeah. on the nine o'clock slate. I mean, if we're being honest, if you look at the basketball slate tonight, Indiana Northwestern has no business being on ESPN. That's a pretty good slate, to be honest. It with is, you. yeah. It's a great night of basketball. Mark, Marquette UConn ranked matchup in the Big East. Auburn travels to Arkansas on the road. Got Wisconsin, Michigan State too. Yeah, I think Auburn could pick up their first SEC loss tonight potentially. Yeah, Wisconsin, Michigan State is a ranked matchup. Villanova only given four, playing St. John's. That game's going to be in the Garden. So that's kind of one of those interesting what what the heck's going on with that line sort of deal. So yeah, you got some uh, you got some good games tonight. Should oh, be a fun one. So uh, yesterday we sent out some tweets, TJ. We did just putting our. We just want people to know where we stand. I amused myself quite a bit. I saw uh, an old friend of mine. Uh, Justin Bischoff. He was uh, uh, came to St. Paul in second grade. Went to grade school together. He he's been a he's been a pretty outspoken Louisville fan for quite some time. I just learned he was the guy who helped start this, and they interviewed him on Wave Three last night about it. Wave Three, picking <laughs> this up. This is great. Okay. I'm just so happy. I, I haven't watched it, but a part of the article he was quoted, uh, you know, uh, I think back to when I was in college back in 2013, the year of the Cardinal. It was an exceptional time going to the Super Bowl in New Orleans on New Year's Eve, winning the national championship, or Sugar Bowl, sorry. That did happen. I can confirm. I was there. It did happen. I just want U of Athletics to go back to that point because we are, in my opinion, going the wrong direction in a lot of ways. Oh, they even got Luke Hancock and Blankenspanker on this story. Oh. Man. <laughs> also, I do love the Louisville fans that are like, oh, it doesn't bother me, blah, 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 about the national championship. And then they will be the first. 
I, it happened. I was there. <laughs> I was there. You got to take away my memories? And then they start choking up and crying. Oh, man. This is great. Man, I wish I would have known that. We could have got him on roll call yesterday. Yeah. Should have known he was the organizer. Oh, a texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Hey, fellas, it's Brad from Bellbrook here. Hey, Brad. The news has broke that Shadon Sharp will not play this season. I feel like his time in Lexington can only end one of two ways. He leaves early for the draft, and a vast majority of Cats fans will hate him and accuse him of using early enrollment to bypass playing college basketball. Or two, he honors his promise and comes back next year and becomes one of the most beloved players to ever don the blue and white. Do you agree? In which scenario would you find more likely? Scenario one, and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't really be too crazy one way or another. You know what? It actually would be a little crazy if he passes up being a lottery pick to come play college basketball. At that point, Brad from Bellbrook, you may be onto something that he's going to be beloved just for making that decision, which right. is not one I expected. But to then make. it ultimately comes down to production because we sure. loved Tommy for a little bit, but like I don't think he had a twenty point game until the NCAA tournament. So. You got to go out there and you got to show why people are excited about you. Yeah, but going into the season, there's no doubt he'd be a fan favorite for just not doing really anything besides, like Brad said, keeping committing his promises. Yeah. Um, if he leaves, of course, there's going to be the whiners are going to have a field day. And they'll be obnoxious. Yeah. And I they can un- use Cal. I can understand some of like the oh man, I got all excited about this for nothing. But you know what happens? The sun will go down that night. It'll come up the next day, and life will go on. And because some eighteen-year-old made a decision that could impact your favorite college sports team, life still continues. I would uh, appreciate if we didn't have a sharp day where we were waiting around all day like we were for Diallo. Like I said, if he. Says he's going, if he is putting his name in the draft, then he's gone. He's just gone. You wouldn't do that if you are so set on coming back. But I relate back to what Hudak Catch fan said on the old Twitter that, all right, then if you're so set on coming back, why don't you, why didn't you want to play a little bit here and there this year? Like, who cares if you may hurt your stock? If you're so set on coming back, why would, why would it bother you? Uh, if you're so set on coming back, you shouldn't put your name into the draft. If you know you, if you the whole thing this year was to practice and get ready, putting your name in the draft doesn't help you practice or get ready. That's just you most likely leaving, which is totally fine if he decides to do that. But I do agree with you that it doesn't need to be something that's drawn out. After it could be as simple as after the season when the other guys are doing it, he could say, "I'm not putting my name in the draft because I told you all along I'm coming back to play college basketball," or the more likely. I'm putting my name in the draft, and if he wants to lie and say I may come back, that's fine. But they really should just come out and say, I'm going to the draft. Things changed. A texter says, truly incredible how good Duke is on defense. They just don't foul. Never seen a bad defensive team who plays very physical or so good on defense. They just don't foul, do they? (laughs) It's a pretty good texter. Yeah, uh, they shot – I was going to look it up. I didn't get around to it, but they shot double more free throws, more than double free throws than what Virginia shot last night. Just made me wonder how many times that has probably happened in a Duke game this year. I would imagine it's been a decent amount. But the Blue Devils, it doesn't matter last night. Virginia shoots uh, nine free throws to Duke's 22. Duke still get handed a big oh, fat Oh, man. Belt. Suck it, Duke. 
Yeah. Right. Not even the refs could get you a win in Coach K's farewell tour. Another text says, forget everything I said in that Duke tweet. They might be on the three line now. They really should be, as it stands today. They are. They should just be a three seed. The issue is they're, they're going to rack up a lot more wins. Roush is right. None of them are going to be good wins. But if you go and run the table and win the ACC tournament, then like that just – you get the good vibes. Even if – even if the teams they beat are bad, the logos still look good, and people won't be able to ignore that. So, I, I ultimately, probably a two seed. Yeah, that's that's my guess, and I, my guess is they probably don't lose out. Let's see, three, six, eight, then three in the conference tournament. That could be eleven more games. Um, you know, if they're thirty and four going into the postseason, yes, they will be at a minimum a two seed. Um, but it's not really a great resume. They're not going to finish with a lot of quad one wins when it's all said and done. Um, but whatever. Let's just hope they lose. Another texter on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, says, I'm two episodes in, but Murderville and Netflix might be my new favorite show going on right now. You have to watch. The premise is genius, and the show is absolutely hilarious. Another See? strong recommendation. See, I'm not alone. Well, no. I would have said whatever show you'd say that it was just trash TV regardless, but yeah, yeah. I would say Murderville definitely comes off as like a NBC sitcom show. It, but it's, it's Tonight a- on Murderville. Well, and that's the point. It's very over the top. It's it's kind of like I think you should leave. That's why I think you'll enjoy it. Gotcha. You had mentioned this. I, I need to get around to watching it. Yeah. That text came through before you brought it up, Roush, for what it's worth. I think I might have brought it up like or like a week ago or okay. so. But either way, uh, yeah, you know. Well, people, it is people interesting are smart. that that happened. Yeah. Uh, texter says, just glad to be able to enjoy this team, win number nine, and not have to worry about Sharp until yeah. the offseason. Number nine? Come on down. Ooh, does Sharp still get a ring? Yes. Okay. That would be. <laughs> that would make well, me no, so people, upset. No, you know, the people Michael get Bennett by is that going stuff. to have a take if if Kentucky wins it all and Sharp goes pro, he shouldn't get a ring. He didn't. You know, like that. That's going to be an old man take. Mark my words. I mean, I think I agree with that. <laughs> if he did nothing to contribute, no, to he the did. Team, He's practicing. I guess. Should count, count Making them better in practice. If if they had, uh, I don't know if they get final four. Do they get final four rings? You know. Yeah, I mean they so get rings for whatever they want. Probably Enos Canner. Excuse me, Enos Freedom. He probably got one for practicing with the team in 2011, right? Yes, if they decided to get the rings, they could do it. They could not do it. But yeah. if they gave them to everybody, then yes, then Enos Cantor would have gotten one. He's going to be at CPAC for him. He's going to be where CPAC. What's that? The Conservative Political Action. I don't know. It's a big conservative conference. It's, it's, I mean, he, he really did not foresee that taking a he, turn. He's in not his really a conservative. It's just, it, I but guess like, yeah, that one issue. He speaks out on China. So, yeah. You don't have the left for whatever reason. Ain't like he appreciates so the hell out of America. So, like, he does. Yeah. And people love that. It's about the great, because America, great country. You'd want the right and the left to both celebrate people that love America. Um, I'm sure that there's pockets. I feel like Enos does check a lot of boxes for both sides, though. That's why it's like, good for him. I think he's probably very much more a left-leaning person, and there's nothing wrong with that. Except you're right. If you there, there are lines where it's like, all right, we can speak out on some things that are which bad, is, but we're not going to speak out on everything. Which is just bad. so weird about this, like time. 
Yeah, like you, can, you, if you like one thing, then you're definitely this, and if you like one thing, you're definitely that. When you know what, that's not the case. I think he just genuinely wants people to not have crappy lives because the government is dictating they need to have crappy lives. <laughs> it's and a weird it's concept. Like, I know. It's like I, I can get behind that, Ennis. I'm, I'm on, I'm on the yeah. same page as you. Uh, Texter says, Cal's philosophy has always been players first. How many times has he preached? that he's preparing kids for the NBA. When they're ready, they need to enter the draft. If Sharp is a lottery pick, will he not be encouraging him to enter the draft? That's another thing. Is that like you – now I guess at the end of the day, Cal always will be like, I, you know, he had to go. He had to go. He's told stories like that. He was in my office. He was crying, and I told him that you had to go. I guess at the end of the day, that conversation could also end with like, but he told me I'm not leaving, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm coming back. You could have that with Sharp, but he always plays that card, Texter, and he, he'll he do it again this time too. And I'm sure it'll be like, we never thought that his stock would soar from not playing, blah, 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 but it was an opportunity he could not pass up. So, yes, I think he'll be gone. And should be. Yeah. Whoever play – whoever – Props the new Jack City soundtrack all about the money deserves major props okay. this morning. Whoever play whoever played the new Jack City soundtrack all about the money deserves major props this morning. There we go. Who was it? Did one of you all play it? Did you play it? Oh wait, the producer always plays the music. That's right. So I'll take the props. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I just love the fact he said whoever played. Like, like one of you two would play it. <laughs> hey, we might request it. Yeah, yeah. we request That's songs true. all yeah. the time. That's true. Well, we don't really request. We tell you to play it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. You're right. It's, it's more, more of a demand. demand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John here. Happy game day morning. Let's all do the cat attack dance. We gotta know what the cat attack <laughs> dance is. We need to post it to the local John YouTube page. That is any type of crazy dance that you want to do while you scream BBN or whatever chant you want to say. I don't think I scream BBN. BBN! <laughs> the dancing starts when the cats are up a baker's dozen or more. Hey, Justin, for a pre, so they got to be up by 13, <laughs> not 12. Um, hey, Justin, for the preview tonight, give me some type of dancing music, my friend, on the outro. I'm about to look like a fool at work. Cats by 18 tonight. We'll got to go talk to you later. Oh, it's coming, John. Don't you don't you worry. John, I hope to see some cat attack dancing tonight. So you <laughs> no. only do it though when Kentucky gets up by at least 13. Anything under 13, the cat do the cat not. attack dance, do you do not, not cat do attack. It. You stop doing the cat attack and then afterward, maybe we could get Trevor to model the cat attack dance for us. <laughs> he did technically attack a cat to steal him and bring it to its house. It is funny, though, that out of the stray cats at the station, quote-unquote stray cats, he definitely did not take the one that is confirmed a stray cat, an intern cat. Mm-hmm. Did you see intern cat this I morning? I saw him, yeah. Really? Did you see intern cat back? I have not yet. Well, it doesn't come up to you because you don't feed it. Yeah, he's your you kick it. <laughs> it's true. I don't kick it. Well, but. you said it's true after she, I said that, so she knows. We'll, let the, we'll let the tape decide if it's true <laughs> or not. Um Ah, good. If there, there is a blessing from all this, it's that the mean cat's gone and sweet little intern cat's back. Back in our lives. Oh, this is from Kirby. Heads up, boys. Instead of beer with low alcohol percentage, the guy I was with somehow snuck a fifth into the LSU game, and we passed it around the row the entire game. Led to his wife throwing up all over the place and a friend walking into a car on the way out, but hey, that's way better than giving people an opportunity to maintain a buzz and a good time versus binging pregame and sneaking hard alcohol in. Genius. Yeah, that's a whole another aspect to it. Although, sounds like a great time. And Kirby, <laughs> I don't know your age, but sounds like that wife 
is too old to not know her limits and your buddy walking into cars on the way out. Uh, control your control the liquor better, folks. That being said, Mitch Barnhart basically forced that lady to throw up in the stands and this mm-hmm. fella to walk into the car in the wrong basically direction. Told so, her she had Kirby, to. I get what you're throwing down there. Uh, and, yeah, I, I will say that's another hilarious – I mean, you know, it's like the mask mandate at Rupp Arena – they don't check for alcohol at Kroger Field. They, I'm sure they don't at Rupp Arena either. They don't care. Nope. Scan so like, why you know why don't you, metal, why so. don't you profit off of it a little bit? Still. <sighs> Texter on the Thorns text line says, "Quick hitters, Sharp came here for the nil deals in order to make some extra money instead of sitting in high school. If he's a top ten pick in the next year's draft. There's no way his parents make him stay. They knew he could go." TJ. Let's use cancel culture to get the beer. Social media movement about the athletic department is a part of the patriarchy, and no beer is racist. You're welcome. <laughs> we just got to figure out how we can make that all work. Yeah, we got the lines. I feel like I'm trying to find Pepe Silva to connect no beer is racist. Mm-hmm. So that that might be a stretch. But you know what? I mean, maybe, it's certainly elitist. Definitely. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, classist. Yes. Very classist. What are we, in India with the caste system? Come on. <laughs> It's 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 a financial discrimination, and we won't stand for it. We want the right to nine dollar, and that's the funny. Th- well, I don't know about in the Keeneland stands. That's no longer what is it called? The long long ship. Long ship. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a big wooden ship. They've transformed it. I don't know if they have like bartenders or whatnot, but if you're in the suites in the corners of Kroger Field, that all the booze is free. Yeah, you know that's another thing. Is that like oh no, we can't let the poor people have too much booze or else they'll act crazy well the, you have a tax on that stuff and it's called nine dollar beers <laughs> and people while they do want to enjoy it and they do spend far you, too much of their hard-earned but you're cash budgeting on it less beers but, because of the money exactly yeah. you're not gonna go there and be like you know what i'm gonna spend my hard-earned 120 dollar <laughs> paycheck on 12 beers today <laughs> and it's not happening yeah yeah um Ooh, uh, there's <laughs> they're, they're releasing the nominees for oscars Beck picture this year west side story Best Picture nominee, so it's 1958. By the way, speaking of which, did you? I think today or tomorrow, Kentucky's going to release their Oscar Sheboy Player of the Year video. That looked cool. Did you see the video with Oscar? My favorite part of it is where Ty Ty Washington did his Oscar impression. Ty Ty seems to make fun of Oscar frequently. Ty Ty. seems like a lot of bullying coming from (laughs) Ty Ty's direction heading to the big guys. I think it's just that Ty Ty is the youngest one on the team. So he's genuinely, every time I watch Kentucky, seems like he's having the most fun. He's like the, um, and to your point, he is like the kid brother that's always just like poking and prodding at him. And he dances all over the place too. Oh, he does, So he really reminds me of like a 90s Nickelodeon character, you know? <laughs> just like the, the, the little sideshow kid who's also just awesome at sports. All right, we'll play this video because we've talked about it enough. Justin, I sent it over to the text line, so you let me know when you have it. The beginning of the video is Oscar watching this video that Kentucky's made for him mm-hmm. and his reaction of just loving it, and then it's kind of the guys just being goofy afterwards. Like most videos that we play here on the radio, better to see in person. Here it is. This is the video that we're going to put out on social media to launch officially your campaign for National Player Week. This is hard. This is tough. I love this. I'm going to get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
ain't, ain't no machine. I ain't asking. <laughs> 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 not sure if you'll hear it over Roush is laughing but Oscar's like I gotta show my mom this which is so cute and so nice and Oscar has just made so many UK fans happy coming off a really horrible year in so many different areas both just from a hey sports perspective that wasn't fun and then Kentucky loses a player it's just he has been such a bright spot and a fan base that has needed it and all good things coming his way and this national player of the year campaign which I saw some folks complaining that Kentucky waited too long to do this. They did the same stuff with Anthony Davis. Anytime that they've done these players of the year, whether it's defensive player of the year, All-American, whatever it is, they always start it once the NFL season comes to a close. And maybe it's the week before the Super Bowl. or It's always around this time. So Mm -hmm. they do it because, one, you don't want a year-long campaign. Two, it'll be overkill. Three, it'll annoy people. Four, it could add unwanted attention or unwanted pressure to the player. So they do it when, one, they know Oscar is clearly in the conversation for National Player of the Year. And two, you get a month until Selection Sunday. Now's the time to do it. You get a lot more casual sports fans diving into the world of college basketball. So now is the time to do it. I'm sure, Roush, they'll do a poster campaign at Rupp or something along those lines. Um, and this push will be a push. You'll hear a lot about it once this video comes out, whether it's today or later this week. But uh, make no mistake about it, Kentucky will be endorsing their their National Player of the Year candidate. And that's Oscar Shibway, and he's been such a, a treat to watch this season. We'll never see a better rebounder at UK. I've never seen a better rebounder in college basketball. And I think the thing that really makes him stand out in those two areas it's just how easy he makes it look. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not when when Kentucky's had other guys get 15 rebounds, Roush. It's almost like you 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 see and you notice every single one of them. You may notice a couple of Oscars, and then you'll look at the stat sheet, and he's got like 13, and you're like, oh, okay, I didn't realize he had that many. And then you'll look down again, you'll look back up, and the numbers up to 17. He just makes it look so easy, and it's really on a team that's not an amazing rebounding team besides him. So it's not like he's there's other seven-footers that are taking some attention away and he's just gobbling up the glass. He's doing it despite having two or three bodies thrown at him anytime a shot goes up. It, it is truly remarkable, the numbers that he's put up. So congrats to him. I look forward to seeing that video, and I hope Oscar's mom gets to see it too. Boom. Get back to this text line. Sprite is too spicy for scoots, says one texter. Maybe so. I haven't had soda all year. Suck it. Wow. There's nothing better than the first sip of a Sprite. So delicious. I don't have a problem with Sharp not playing this year, or if he wants to go pro. I was okay with it one way or the other if he didn't play, but the Vandy game where he took off his warm-ups like he was about to enter is the equivalent of Scoots getting hyped to IU making the tournament. IU is making the tournament. I don't know. It seems bubblicious to me. Not bubblicious. You lose to Northwestern tonight, and that's not good. And Northwestern's favored. I saw that. Yikes. I actually think IU will take care of business Same. tonight. I think it'll be close. Come down to the wire, I'm sure. But I, I think IU takes care of business. There's no way. If IU loses Northwestern, Justin, that's trending in the wrong direction. Absolutely, yeah. I, I start to maybe worry about my life tomorrow if that's the case. They're saying this is the bubbliest bubble of all bubbles this year. <laughs> it's bubblicious. Got to pop on somebody. A texter, uh, a texter, I agree with your sharp takes there. Um, didn't George pay for Ramsey's radio show? That's what they say. I don't know. I mean, maybe Rutherford can dive into that but those were those were the rumors that uval paid for that show 
Don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, but they announced it in a U of L press release, I think, because he was like the flagship of that station and the creation of it. And so they could play baseball games. Which don't we play baseball games too? UK? U of L baseball games, like on Big X. Oh, yeah, we will. I think some. Hmm. We won't have to worry about it. Uh, Yeah, Kentucky will be playing baseball soon. Trying. Mm. I'd like to forget about that. Goodness gracious. I don't have a problem with Sharp not going this year, or if he wants to go pro. I was okay we with it one that. way or the other. Yeah, read that. Yeah, we actually read the two after that. Damn it. <laughs> or the one after that. Sharp conspiracy theory. Sharp blew out his knee playing pickup the Johnson and Cal is covering for him. That is a, that's a, that is a conspiracy theory. A very spicy one. Yeah. The only question is, does Cal get thrown out tonight? Is that the only question? <laughs> no, I don't think he gets tossed tonight. Unless they need him to. Oh, this is interesting. The lock chambers at Newburgh Locks and Dam in Newburgh, Indiana, are currently closed to traffic due to a navigation accident. Is that like... There's a barge incident incident that's closed the Ohio River just upstream of Evansville. John, can you go get see what's going on down there? (laughs) Port back. I don't think that's really going to relate to anybody here unless you were planning on traveling to Evansville by boat. (laughs) <laughs> Texture says game games in Columbia are always weird. Eleven and a half seems low, but I'll be staying away. They they always do seem strange. My favorite game in Columbia, the Anthony Davis year. I'd mention it anytime Kentucky plays down there. But just a complete and total annihilation. That was a JV high school team taking on the national champions, or at least that's what it looked. And South Carolina just scared of Anthony Davis in the paint. Was uh, if you ever just want to go back and watch some funny highlights, that that's a good one to do. That team, mm-hmm. that UK team, was so dominant, so good. But yeah, there's always just been mostly strange things that happen in Columbia. But I think Kentucky should be okay tonight. Think it could be close in the first half. Think it could be close in the second half. Kentucky's gonna have a big run though. When's the last time a Kentucky team had all five of their players average double figures? I've always thought that's a good indicator of a team that can win it all. 2012. So. Everybody, spot on. everybody averaged double digits that year? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I wouldn't have thought that. Anthony Davis took the fifth most shots, though. Did you know that? Oh, my gosh. Michael K. Gilvers took the fourth most. And, and Kentucky's got that going on this year? I didn't know that either. Oh, we actually have our Oscar Sheba video just posted, too. Breaking news. Oh, <laughs> wow. KRC curse. Wow, they're, Wheeler's right at 10 points right now. Good text into the show. Uh, some people look at that not as a good thing because you worry about who steps up if things aren't going their way. But when you also have UK's bench averaging what they're averaging, you know, Davion Mintz is a point away from 10. Jacob Toppin is averaging five or almost six points a game, which isn't a ton. But you do have some other options coming off the bench. Um, And we know Kentucky's got guys that can take over games, too, if you got to go that direction as well. So very versatile team. Uh, The last second USC loss was the IQ Maxi team. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? I I mean, I remember the game. I guess I didn't remember that that was the Kentucky team. Yeah, still don't really remember. I mean, I remember the shot. I just don't remember how Kentucky got themselves into that situation. Why would any potential top five NBA draft pick play college basketball? Well, I mean. There's a lot of reasons. Dozens of them have done just that. Well, Jalen Suggs definitely benefited from playing for Gonzaga last year, more so than he would have playing in the G League. Exposure. You can get paid now. 
Now, I would say in Sharp's situation, it is a fair question. If you're projected top 10, why would you play college basketball unless you just really wanted to? Or, you know, he says, I want to be ready when I get to the NBA. That is such, like, that's great if actually true, but it's so easy to poke holes in that. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't want to be making $14 million a year sitting on the bench getting ready. Or you'd want to be going to class, maybe making a million dollars a year, getting ready. Like I, it, you know, just doesn't add up, and that's why ultimately I think he's going to go. Texter says Trevor is much more likely to do a heart attack dance <laughs> instead of a cat attack dance. Mm, I could see that. Uh, him watching a U of L game is probably just a heart attack dance <laughs> with the way that season's gone. All right, prediction time. What do we got? I predict I will be annoyed tonight. Not annoyed, but more so just like kind of, huh, let's get this over with. Feels like that's what the games in South Carolina are. It's going to be mucked up. Uh, probably another kind of like Alabama-ish game. 71-63 Kentucky. Okay, Justin? As much as I want to take Kentucky by 52 via the transitive property, I still think they win big. I go 88 uh, 70 or 67 21 oh wow okay uh, that's a that's a big one there I will go Kentucky 75 to 62 oh think the cats cover covering wow. cats covering cats all right we'll be back tomorrow to talk all about it we hope that you'll join us this is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio oh, TJ Walker Nick Rouse Justin Kalen I'm rushing to go see this Oscar video <laughs> It's a party, it's a party, it's a party.